Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. I'm Gabe Green, and today with the help of my uh, co-host, I'll be talking about the latest episode of The Bad Batch. And uh, today it is Michael Hoover from A Certain Point of View podcast. Welcome back, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um, so as I said, uh, today we'll be talking about uh, Devil's Deal. Before that, I want to tell you guys, um, just if you prefer to listen to the audio version of this review, uh, you can find that at the uh, Franchise Fatigue podcast feed. If you don't want to stare at us all this time as we talk, uh, you're welcome to go over there and listen to the audio version. Um, so today's episode is uh, episode 12. 11. 11? 11. Yeah. yeah. What he said. Uh, <laughs> called uh, Devil's Deal. Uh, this one was written by uh, Tamara Beecher Wilkinson. Uh, she wrote the previous episode, Rampage, and it was directed by Stuart Lee. And there are a lot of returning cast members from the Clone Wars and Rebels here. Uh, you have Vanessa Marshall returning as a young Hera. Uh, there's Robin Atkins Downs as Champ Syndulla. Corey Burton, uh, probably best known for voicing, um, what's his name? Count Dooku. Uh, <laughs> he voices oh, yeah. uh, Gobi Glee. Uh, Phil Lamar as Orn Frita. And of course, Chopper as himself. Also known as Dave Filoni. Although at this point, I suspect they probably have a whole data bank of just grumpy chopper noises that they can pull from. I don't don't know that they need to have uh, Dave Filoni yeah. come back in there and, you know, mumble into the mic. I thought the uh, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for this one, you have the Bad Batch is uh, nowhere to be found. Instead, we're, we are on Ryloth as the planet transitions from a very long war against separatist occupation into an unsteady peace with Imperial occupation. Senator Ornfrey Ta is all about the Empire, and uh, even legendary freedom fighter Champ Syndulla is willing to give peace a shot. Uh, but Champ's comrade Gobi does not trust the Empire and begins to build a new resistance, uh, to which he enlists Champ's daughter Hera. And uh, ultimately, Gobi and Hera are caught by the Empire, which forces Champ to fight them uh, to free his daughter. In the battle, uh, Senator Ta is killed, uh, killed by the Empire, that should be clarified, uh, and Champ and his wife Eleni are captured, but Hera escapes, presumably to call in the Bad Batch to come rescue them. Um. So, dude, what were your thoughts on this one? Oh, man. Um, I've, I've, I've been wrestling with this one, dude. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, and I actually just did a post on this on Twitter, but I love it when Star Wars makes me wrestle with with itself. <laughs> like mm. um, some of my favorite things in Star Wars, um, notably The Last Jedi, I have had to really think and wrestle and like, why do I feel the way I feel? And like, you know, try to see it from the perspective of the filmmaker and what they were going for and watch it again and like think about it and see it on a level deeper and all this stuff. And the more I thought about it, the more uh, the more that I rewatched it, which I've done, I've watched it now three times, just because I was like, I don't know what I think about this episode. <laughs> um, I, I, dude, I think this is going to be one of my favorites when all is said and done. To well, be that's quite honest, good because it, it might be one of my least favorites. <laughs> one of your least favorites of of the series. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Good to have some balance. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, dude, I get the I, – I, I mean, I imagine I will understand your criticism. For me, I missed the Bad Batch a lot. Um, yeah. This it, this it was very jarring, which is one of the reasons why I was questioning how I felt about it. It was really jarring um, getting away from – uh, you know, are these characters we've been we've been growing to love all season long. And, you know, I, I did feel – and I think it's a good thing. Like – we go away from them. They are the cameo in this week's episode. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't get hardly any of them. 
I miss them a lot. And I think that just goes to show the character development they've done before. Um, But, you know, that was, that was one thing that I was wrestling with. Like, how do I feel about it? This is the bad batch. And we had an episode where hardly, I mean, they were in it for like one minute. (laughs) And, um, and so like, that was something I wrestled with for sure. And I also am like, there's, there's a lot of debate going on, like with this whole, Star Wars is a large universe, but it's treated like a very small universe. It's treated like a neighborhood kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And and I honestly, like, I have concerns with that. Um, this episode was the first time I've really, really thought about it with this show in particular. And I think it was because every ca- every time that we have had a cameo before this had something to do with um, it, it either enhanced or just showed something about the characters that we were learning that we were learning about the the bad batch it had to do with them in particular this time it was just it was just from the ryloth point of view for the most part and Mm -hmm. um and i wrestled with that so i but whenever i sat back and i thought about it and i rewatched it and all this stuff it's clearly a part one of two probably i would imagine two or three but um I have a feeling the bad batch is coming in the next episode. And Mm -hmm. I think it, I think Dave Filoni never does anything. I know he's not like the writer of this episode, but I know that he oversees all this stuff. He never does anything without being intentional about it. And to me, I, I really think that when I, when I step back and look, there's a reason why we are focusing so heavily on the Ryloth perspective on this uh, and specifically the Sindula family. Um, I really think that going forward, I think in the next episode, I, I I have a hard time even thinking about where I would rank this episode because it's such a like it's like, yeah, I really love the first half of that book, but I don't but I don't yeah. know about the second half yet. So like it's hard to it's hard to really put a finger on it. But yeah, man, I've had a lot of mixed feelings going back and forth. But when I got I gotta say, when I'm watching it just for what it is, the story they're telling with the Sindula family and seeing how the, the empire is coming in and treating uh, how they're treating this actual, like they, this was a Republic ally. Um, Ryloth was, they're treating them the same way that they treated the, uh, that they, that they're treating them. I'm sorry. The same way that they treated the separatist colony last, uh, last episode. Mm-hmm. It's they're all treated the same way poorly (laughs) they're treated like it's peace but it's under it's actually oppression and and so like seeing that through the lens of the Sindula family and of course getting Hera back I I love that and um I I really think that I will look back on this episode as a really high point for the season personally but I had to wrestle with it man I really (laughs) did yeah that that gets to the conversation of like of the what the type of episode that that this is is where you'll have that episode where like sometimes like you'll have an ensemble show and you'll have the one episode that focuses on the one character or in this case focusing on, almost entirely on on not new characters to us but new characters for the show right. and it was interesting when I was thinking about okay what are some other episodes I would compare this to and the two big examples I came up with was the episode uh, Karen from Daredevil I think it was season three. We go back into her past. Have you seen Daredevil? I have not, dude. Okay. Well, we I go back into her past spot. and um, kind of her backstory. One of the main characters of the show, and the other one was the uh, the episode in Stranger Things season two where we go off and uh, Eleven goes and meets her band of you know punks okay. and misfits. Yep, yep. Um, 
you know, both controversial episodes. I like, I really like the first one. I don't at all like the second one. Um, yeah, so, that, yeah. that's, that's what I was thinking. And it's funny because I, I thought of that on my own. And then I, when I went, you know, to do the research for the episode, I found that uh, Tamara Beecher Wilkinson, the uh, writer of this episode, wrote that episode, Karen, <laughs> in oh, Daredevil. Um, <laughs> so, like, she, I guess that this is one of the things she does. She likes, you know, taking a show and, you know, writing episodes from a different perspective. Um, I thought it was successful there, but also, like, the character Karen is a, is one of the main, guess I guess, trio in Daredevil, so it's not like it's a full left turn. Um, so... I guess my issue with this episode is number one, this is the Bad Batch. I like the Bad Batch. I want the Bad Batch. You know, last episode, yeah, one of my man, big I issues can... was they separated the Bad Batch, so we didn't have the whole team together. So, like, I was I was missing Omega, and now we get another episode where they don't even they don't even matter to it. Uh, I'm like, I want my Bad Batch back. Uh, <laughs> and um, I think this gets to more the nature of this show. This is very much like a. a Rebels and Clone Wars smushed together. You got the, you know, the yeah. kind of the character stuff of Rebels with the very political dynamic of a Clone Wars episode. But I, I don't know that the, uh, the, the political musings and themes going on are as well explored and as interestingly, um, uh, looked into as they would be in the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars was, was really fearless and how crazy deep it would go into these ideas. And I feel like this one was a bit surface level, so it didn't intrigue me as much as a Clone Wars episode doing pretty much the same thing would. And the overall plot was just, it just kind of happened. It, so it's just, it's, I like the ideas of what's happening. It's cool we're seeing, you know, we're seeing all this stuff on Ryloth, Young Hair, all that. But I, I just didn't connect to it all that much. Just it, it felt, it, it, it kind of went in and I was like, okay, there's some cool stuff, but it didn't really do much for me. And the and it's an e- so easy. It's so easy to pick on because it is that outlier because it's so different. It's like just just give me more bad batch. <laughs> is it that hard, <laughs> dude? Uh, I get it. I get it because it 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 really did. Like that that was absolutely one of the things that had me wrestling with it because I was like, this is the bad batch. How are you going to have an episode where they're the cameo? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but when I really thought about it, I don't know, man, when I just sit back and I watched it again and I just decided to watch the story as it was unfolding. And I, I, I am invested in, in Ryloth as a, as a, like, as a society, like as a planet, the people of Ryloth, I'm really invested in Cham, Syndulla, um, and Hera and, and, and dude, very much invested in Hera's mom who was in this episode. I don't I, think I, that's a good bet, man. <laughs> I, I'm invested in her and it's going to hurt me later. I know that, <laughs> but I was, I, I thought it was really cool how they brought her in and they showed, you know, cause Harris talked about her before we now get to kind of see what happens to her, which is a good thing and a uh, terrible thing. I but, totally thought um, Crosshair yep. was going to shoot her. Yep. I thought that was going to happen too. thought that was going to happen too. Yeah. So that's just going to happen next episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really uh, dreading, <laughs> but I, I got to say, man, I, I don't know, just when I'm watching just the story that was told in this episode and and I think about the fact that it's also not done, like it's a story that's it's definitely a two part, at least story that they're telling. Mm. It's it it really does. Um, I don't know. It's exciting to me. I am emotionally invested. So everything that happened did pull on my emotions um, big time. And then, of course, you get Chopper, too. And that just makes me <laughs> super happy all, always. But yeah. Yeah. I think it, it being the setup episode is also what kind of hurt it for me um, because like 
I feel like the next episode, that's going to be where all the plot comes together, all the characters are set up, mm-hmm. the Bad Batch is going to be involved, so I have a feeling I'll like the next one. But it's like, it's a lot of setup, but also with characters I don't care yeah. about as much. I mean, I love Hera, but young Hera is like, there's, there's still a disconnect between her and what she becomes. You know, she's not sure. you know, the world's best space mom yet. Um, she just wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's some, some, some interesting things. You know, the, we have the idea of, you know, trying trying to the, – the, the local government trying to cooperate as best as possible with an occupying force. You have Orrin Frita, who's just in it for himself, and he'll, he'll you know, collaborate with anyone and Champs and Dula. It was very interesting to see how – how bought into the you know the notion of peace and imperial occupation Cham Sadula was at the beginning because he's his presence has always been this very belligerent, angry person who's been fighting, you know, against just one enemy after another. And to see him like, no, I want peace was just like, who are you? <laughs> what have you done with Cham Sadula? <laughs> um I guess this yeah. is what really burned him. Um but and it was it was it's a nice little parallel between him and Hunter where it seems the primary motivation for him wanting peace and for the end of this, you know, long war is, you know, he has his daughter. He wants to raise her in peace and, and very similar with Hunter. He doesn't want to get involved because, you know, he has this family he has to take care of now. Um, and I wonder if like, they'll, maybe they'll have a nice, a cool conversation next episode about that. And maybe both decide, you know, to, to go for, go for a cause. Mm. Um, Ooh, I like that a lot. I like that a whole lot, dude. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think that seeing Cham in this way was also jarring because <laughs> of how we've seen him in the past. But it makes total sense because for all the reasons you said when he when he said that line, uh, "Fighting takes a toll." My hope is that you won't have to live a life like mine. I was like, oh, mm. not even close, man. <laughs> not even close. But um, but it was it was totally understandable to me why he why he feels this way right now and why he's so willing to put his p or his trust in the empire um i feel like you can tell deep down he's questioning things and he's wondering but at the same time he's really wanting to trust that that they can that they can trust the empire because you know they they've been fighting for so long and Hera has only known war um for her whole life pretty much. And he does not want that. So he wants peace for his family and he's willing to like, kind of convince himself of the empires, you know, all of their, uh, what, what they're motivated by. And I think the people around him are pointing out stuff and he, he, he's not going to be able to shake it anymore. uh, This it's uh, obviously he's not going to now he's been captured by them, Mm -hmm. but but he's clearly going to go through some character stuff in this next episode. And, Obviously, his wife dying is going to be a part of it, dude. I'm I'm dreading next episode. I'm not gonna lie. I feel kind of like I did when uh, when we thought Wrecker was going to was, <laughs> that whole stressful lead up to Wrecker's uh, yeah. the chip in Wrecker's head. I feel that way, and I know, but except it's worse here because I know she's gonna die. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, it's I'm emotionally invested, and I'm I hate that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I get that. I, I just. Just I don't know maybe the way it was told it didn't I like yeah. I want to like you know, to be invested in the family. Shame it's Hera, but I, I don't know it d- didn't catch me up that much unfortunately. 
Um, couple. There's a lot of interesting things happening here. You have Orn Frita, who's like the official leader of the senator, and I like that they're carrying over the conflict between him and Champs and Dula from Clone yep. Wars. Um, and you know he's ultimately you know, he's trying to go going after personal power. Ultimately, he's just a tool for the Empire's own purposes. He's the worst man. Yeah, <laughs> he's just the worst. Um, one weird little thing was at the end after they after Crosshair kills him. Rampart arrests him. He said, arrest these insurgents for the attempted assassination of Ornfrita. It's like, wait, not for the assassination of? Like, yeah. I, 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 I understand that, like, Rampart organized this whole thing in hopes that Cham would assassinate him. And so he could get rid of the entire leadership of Ryloth and, you know, and um, make the preferred leader of the people an outlaw. But it's like, but they did kill him. So why not just put it on him instead of, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was a weird line. It was um, weird. I, I wondered the same thing when I was watching it on the second time and the third time I, I had noticed when he shot and I don't know, dude, I could be totally wrong here, but when I, when I looked at it, it looked more like he got shot at the very end of his, uh, what, what are these called? The, the uh, Leku. Yeah. The Leku. It looked like, it looked like he got shot like right at the, end of it like right before it hits the head to me like mm. i i pause it in so frame like it looks still alive i wonder if he's just like in critical condition or something like that I, like they I, hold him weird. off on like the the hover cart yeah well, it looked like he was completely covered in a like it oh maybe it, I, it, yeah like the episode really treats him like he's dead yeah it uh, does that's it's very weird it is weird um yeah uh, another thing is uh captain hauser uh, mm. is intriguing to me. Like he's, he's a clone from the clone wars. Like he's got, you know, he's got his unique haircut. He's taking his helmet off. He's personable. Uh, and you know, he's got the, the, the painting on the armor. Like as far as we can tell order 66 kind of skipped him, which is intriguing. No references made to it. Um, I, like is, is like, I would guess this is some kind of Imperial ploy to keep Syndulla's loyalty because, like he, you know, he's fought along these alongside these clones for many years. And as you, if you noticed, like they're they're doing a lot of stunning in this episode. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're they're fighting; they'll shoot some of them, but but like when they when they don't need to shoot someone, they'll, they'll go and stun the clone. Like there's still some of that regard that they've built up over the years of you know fighting as comrades left. Um, so I wonder if like if the Empire just can can they choose clones? Like we're not going to order sixty six you because you know you're more useful to us as an ally or I mean, they don't, they didn't seem too concerned about that elsewhere. Yeah, man. I don't know. It, it is really weird. Or maybe, mm. I don't know. It, it is, it is, it's confusing. It's one of the things about this episode that I both am kind of confused about, but also love. I love seeing, it was really great seeing a clone who was, he was uh, autonomous. He had autonomy. He had his own hairstyle. He took off his helmet. He was not like, a robot <laughs> like the mm-hmm. rest of them seeming to, they've lost their all of their autonomy uh but this guy did not and he also seemed empathetic and sympathetic to you know like when he said she's just a child and like he very blatantly feels like a real clone that we would know from the clone wars like rex would or like echo or whatever it it feels very different or even like the bad batch. If he feels very much like them and to see like Rampart interacts with him throughout the episode, it's not like 
he's hiding himself or anything. He's out mm-hmm. in the open. So it is confusing. It, but it's like, is he going to become an ally in next episode? And then they'll flip the switch on him. That would be he, horrible. That could happen. Or he becomes an ally and, uh, and he dies. He, he, he's assassinated for it. I don't know. I, I don't know what's coming, but I also thought on the, on the positive side, what if he does join, he becomes an ally. And what if he goes and joins like the, like the budding rebellion goes with Rex, wherever Rex is. And like all mm-hmm. that stuff that could happen too. Or he just makes the choice that a lot of the military did. And like, I'm going to stand with the empire. He could do that too. It's, it's a mystery, man. I, mm. I love it. I love <laughs> That's one of the things it's like, it's tough because this is clearly a part one. And that's the danger of part ones, um, especially nowadays when we're all so trained to binge, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's tough to have a part one of a 25 minute show. And then you have to wait for part two for an entire week. You can't see the full picture. You don't know how to really think of how this episode is. But when I think about it, like, there's a lot more coming. And I think about what just this episode had. I really do. Um, I like Hauser. I hope he doesn't die. Also, I don't, there could be some real death in this next episode. Um, yeah. yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention was the, uh, this scene with the bad, the actual bad batch scene in the bad batch episode. Um, you know, they're still ru- they're running guns for uh, Sid, which is a, a great little way to bring them in. Apparently Sid has a lot of contacts in the fledgling rebellion um and that, that was kind of my favorite scenes like like oh people i like uh, <laughs> and it, it was lovely seeing omega get to you know, to interact with a child um you know someone her own age and just oh yeah no funny business <laughs> i'm watching you <laughs> just like, they're just adorable together yeah man i love the scene too obviously when they showed up first of all i love when when they showed up and uh, Wrecker is carrying the the gun cases out of the out of the cockpit like uh, <laughs> like someone would be carrying two backpacks. It's nothing uh-huh. to him. And you see them later pulling the crates, and they're like huge and super heavy. They couldn't do that, but Wrecker's just like carrying them like they're just these little backpacks. I thought that was great, uh-huh. um, uh, just because I love Wrecker. But yeah, I I really loved this scene. Um, it's particularly like you said, Omega and uh, and Hera together. Um, really cool to think that they've met and like you know I, I I like the thought that they've I like the idea that 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 they have met now and like I going back and watching the watching Rebels later I'll I'll have that in the back of my mind like somehow she knows Omega. Um, but I really really love the scene in the cockpit where <laughs> Omega was like no. Uh, tech hasn't tech won't let me fly until I've memorized the name of each <laughs> <laughs> instrument and what it does or whatever. And um, and Hera was like, tell you know, told her that flying is not just that; it's not just memorization, but it's also a feeling. And what kind of feeling? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that flying's a feeling? <laughs> but I really love the part when when she was like this when we're not being shot at and we're not being, you know, we're, we're not on the run. This is my room. And just the way the <laughs> delivery there. And, you know, Hera has this sweet moment where she's like, you live on a starship. This is my dream. And I'm just like, I, I just love seeing these seeds planted or that have already been planted. Hera has only dreamt of this for her entire life and knowing what comes later. It's just, 
it makes me very happy. But ultimately, I do just love the little dynamic between Omega and Hera. I thought that whole thing was really great. Mm-hmm. And one larger canon uh, thing I noticed that the the Imperials are mining a Dunium on Ryloth, mm-hmm. and like if you've read like the Thrawn um, novels, like they're all about like the logistics of building the Death Star. Um, so like that's Makes they could sense. be like you know laying little canon seeds for um, you know for that that horror coming in the future. Yep. Um, anything at all you wanted to mention about this episode before we head out? Um, uh, other than other than what I had mentioned earlier, honestly, I just think as a whole, I, I just want to say I I'm glad that I'm really glad that I wrestled with this episode. Um, it sometimes we can easily watch something and just decide ah, I don't like that one or whatever. And sometimes you wrestle with it, you still don't like it. That's how it lands. Rise of Skywalker for me, big mm-hmm. time. Um, wrestled with that one many times, but I uh, generally, it does at least help me appreciate. And sometimes it even helps me love something. And so I would just say, wrestle with it. If, if, if it doesn't land right with you and it may, you may end up loving it if you dive deeper into it. Mm -hmm. Also just on a, on a smaller note, specifically the music in this episode was awesome because they brought back a, a, a familiar theme the it's it's very reminiscent of like it starts like a leia theme but yeah but, what was that um i know i, know, I noticed thinking, that at one point i forgot about it uh yeah i'm i'm trying to think of the exact theme it is in the original trilogy but it's used quite a bit specifically i feel like i i notice it when they're flying um and which makes sense because every time they played it in this episode Hera was dreaming of flying or whatever yeah and I, so i remember like, getting leia vibes like, yeah yeah points. but it was the it was very much a original trilogy score but they kind of adapted it just a little bit um but it really i i loved it a lot it gave me i got chills just thinking about it right now so i i love the the kiners are doing a great job with this with the score the whole season and the Mm -hmm. visuals holy crap man the visuals in this show every episode uh, I love what you I love what you said about wrestling with I think like it doesn't mean you have to like it but no. usually if if you put put some thought into it you'll get past the knee jerk I hate it. I just want to go online and scream about it like you don't have to like everything and there will be things that they think just don't work but right it's rarely for a lack of effort on the part of the artist there's there's usually always something interesting being attempted a lot of times it doesn't work and that's fine but like it just art is so much more rewarding if you just put forward like that little bit of step like I said like I hated that okay why did I hate that and if it's a, if it's such a bad choice why would the artist choose to do that like just like right. s- so much stress in the Star Wars fandom <laughs> could be solved know, by man. people just putting a, a couple seconds more thought into it uh, yeah. um, I think that's what it is for me too it's like when sometimes what I have found is the whenever I dig and whenever I whenever I wrestle with something generally I don't necessarily love it every time but at the very least I see what they're doing and it might not work for me but it might really work for me because I did a little extra work I usually get with the last Jedi in particular I liked it coming out of the theaters every time I've watched it since then I've loved it more and to, to the point where it's top three star Wars movie for me. It's yeah. way up there and I'm a defender of it now. <laughs> and, uh, uh, much like yourself, but I, I mean, the, I, the f- first viewing, I was like, I don't understand. I have so many feelings. I have anger. I have love. I like, I, I, I'm being they wanted apart. you. Ryan Johnson wanted us to wrestle with that. movie. We're not supposed to feel 
great through that entire movie. We're supposed to wrestle like Luke did, like so many, mm-hmm. like Ray was, like all these characters were. And so like, I just kind of take that mindset going into everything I watch now. It's like, that didn't really work for me. Was it because of my expectations? A lot of times it is. It's because we expect something and we get something totally different. But if we watch it again, we might actually really like it with our expectations gone and we just look at it for what it is. Yeah, well, that's a good place to plug uh, The Outer Rim, a Star Wars group on Facebook. We were dedicated to positive and constructive (laughs) conversation like that. Uh, You also have a, a Star Wars group, don't you? Yeah, we have one, a certain point of view discussion group. Uh, it's kind of connected with our podcast. We release an episode a week. Right now we're just covering the Bad Batch. Um, so at after that, we like to do like deep dives, ranking episodes, all sorts of fun stuff. So check it out. A certain point of view podcast. After the Outer Rim, of course. Of uh, course, after the Outer Rim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And again, uh, if you wanted to listen to the audio, you can go to my podcast, Franchise Fatigue. Uh And of course, like this video and subscribe to the channel. And uh, we will be back next week with episode 12. See you then.